The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Kia koutou katoa, no mai, haramai ki, dietary requirements, the spin-off's food podcast. Did you know that I record that fresh every month? Uh, our last guest thought it was a pre-record, but it's live, coming at you. My name is Simon Day, and I am your host today, and I'm joined by Alice Neville, the spin-off's food editor. Kia ora. Kia ora, Alice, and Sophie Gilmore, the... Owner of the number one cheap eat in Auckland, uh, <laughs> co-owner Fatima's Restaurant. Congratulations, Sophie. That's very cool. Kia Simon. Thank you. We had Fatima's cater a little team away day recently. Oh, and you did. As usual, the lamb shawarma was delicious, but I was yeah. introduced to, for the first time, the deep fried cauliflower. Ah. Uh, oh, I want that right now. That is, it's really, really good, isn't it? We actually just put it on as a special, but I think it's here to stay. It's covered in all sorts of seeds and it's umami as fuck. So mm. this podcast and all our food coverage on the spin-off would not be possible without the support of Freedom Farms. They believe that everyone who eats meat has a responsibility to know how that animal has been raised. Their pork, bacon and free-range eggs are delicious and we wouldn't have been here for the last three years without them. So please buy their product. And it's on that note that it's uh, a relatively sad moment where this will be the last podcast under the uh, guardianship of uh, Freedom Farms. Um, They are having to relocate some of the marketing budget that they've used with us over the last three years. And we are so grateful for all their support. Um, big, big fans of what they do and how they think about food and the the principles they embody. Uh, so thank you, Freedom Farms, and please, everyone, continue to support them long into the future. Thank you, Freedom Farms. Thank we you. love you. Shot Hillary. Shot Hillary. podcast. Legend. Well done. Yeah. And, and exciting news, uh, I'm really proud to announce that Dietary Requirements is doing its first ever live podcast as part of the Visa Wellington on a Plate Festival um, on Sunday, August 15 at Parrot Dog Brew Bar in Lyle Bay. Uh, We'll be keeping you company on a Sunday sesh. Not sure who we're talking to or what we're talking about yet, 
but we will be there and it will be really fun and we really encourage all our listeners to to join us to fly to Wellington and um, be a part of what's going to be a really, really fun afternoon. It's a great spot. Great spot. Parrot Dog, Lyle Bay, great beer. We'll be all hung over from, uh, well, I will at least, from Beervana, but what's the best cure for a hangover? More beer. Wellington on a good day. Hey, that's right. And if we're there, it's going to be a great day. Yeah. So we've had some requests from listeners recently about Bringing back a few things. One is our top tips on the great food that we've been eating recently. And another is our weekly eats on Instagram. We are going to bring back the former right now and are in the process of putting our Instagram presence back together. We gained and then lost a social media manager and have regained a social media manager again. So we're just getting her embedded and dietary requirements on Instagram will be will be back very yeah, soon. Yeah, I was really um, flattered that people were interested. A lot of the cooking tips people would bring up with me, like random people in random situations. That's cool. And then lots of people have also said it's helpful for us to understand where you guys are eating because, I don't know, it's it's we only have limited resources and limited time, so... Let's not waste time making mistakes. You can go yeah. down deep in internet holes trying to find out where to go for your next breakfast, brunch, farmer's market experience. and Well, and that was one of the things about those like Facebook pages that have got thousands of people is like people mix up what's really good with what they know as well yeah. sometimes. Like just because it's your local doesn't yeah. mean it's actually really good. So I think people are more and more willing to travel for great food. So. Mm. We'll keep the recommendations coming. We well, and today we're going to talk exclusively about what we've eaten in the recent past and loved. It's going to be highbrow, it's going to be lowbrow, but it's all going to be delicious. So, Alice, you can go first. Oh, exciting. Name something delicious you've eaten recently that you loved. So, my dad caught like 10 and my nephew 10 snapper from the Hauraki Gulf. Yeah. I mean... Sustainable because it was uh, recreational fishing. Let's just put that put that out there. And he did his usual, like you know, fillets of snapper battered or crumbed, which were yum. And then he had ten snapper frames, and he was like, "What do I do with them?" And I was like, looked up on the uh, free fish head website, and then you can like can hook you up with people. But then I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to ask Ginny, my friend Ginny, who's a food writer who's been on this podcast." I was like, "Do you want ten snapper frames?" She was like, "Oh yeah." So I dropped them off to her. Then the next day she was like, do you want to come round for a fishy fiesta? When she'd made, with the with all these fish frames, she'd made a snapper head terrine, which was delicious. Yum. She'd like fried snapper wings with five spice. Oof. She did a fishball laksa. And it was, fuck, it was all just so young. Oh, my God, Jenny. Yeah, so that an was, absolute hero. Yeah, so I was very she, interested to know. She should be a professional. Yes. What a fishy fiesta was. It was and, very fishy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that's interesting? When listeners are hearing fish head terrine, that might sound confusing mm. because we think that there's not very much meat on a fish head. Yeah. And um, I went to an event for Future Food Aotearoa last week and it was at Homeland, which is Peter Gordon's new mm-hmm. food embassy for New Zealand. You can read about that on the spinoff.co.nz slash food. So what he did was a cooking demonstration for the group, which was fish head soup, and he used trevally and snapper, and they were quite big fish heads, but he did four of them in a huge pot of water, 
and then after they had boiled for about 20 minutes, handed them around with a bowl. Wow. And each of the groups filled up a whole bowl with meat yeah. from the snapper head, which I thought was really interesting. And, mm. yeah, then he went on to make a bloody delicious fish head soup using the stock yeah. and put the fish that everyone had taken off it back in at the end. Yeah. So it was just, yeah, really yum. Because in Te Ao Māori, the fish head is kai rangatira, so yeah. chiefly food is the... Mm. Yeah, and, like, my dad knows that there's heaps you can do with the frames, but he's just like, ah, oh, I just can't, I don't, he doesn't quite know what to do. Maybe we should it's try perfect. and track down the um, the recipe that, so Peter Gordon was just talking away while he was doing it, but what he did was just boil the fish heads, take them out, mm. and then he just started loading up this pot with vegetables, and we are like, whoa, he put white onion, red onion, and shallot, then a bunch of wow. paprika, so it was kind of Spanishy, and then kind of um, Asian chowdery, because he mm. put a bunch of coconut cream in it, but it probably would have taken him 10 minutes yeah. or maybe a normal person's chopping speed, 20 minutes. Yeah. But such a delicious thing to do. Yeah. Sophie, something delicious in your recent past. Well, I have a husband who likes to buy cattle beast, <laughs> buy the entire beast. Love so that. my freezer is full of like random, pretty chewy bits of beef. And recently I decided I'm just going to get amongst it, roll up my sleeves, defrost them and make cool stuff with them. So I've been making Bill Granger's beef rendang with the kind of chuck steak pieces. And they are absolutely delicious. It takes three hours. You make it with coconut rice and serve it with greens. And you don't feel like you're going to be forever eating the same roast beef. Mm. How long does a whole cow last? Simon, way too long, and particularly because you prefer the bits of meat that you're used to eating. So I've been defrosting a lot of the mints and making dandan noodles. Polly Marcus has a very good dandan noodle Ooh. recipe. And and all the sirloin and the steak and the I fillet I've done when I've had people over. So it's kind of like you leave yourself all the shitty cuts, and they've been there for more than a year. Yeah, But I guess it's a really important way to eat as well, or else yeah, it's those really shitty cool cuts never... Do. You know, totally. You can find their way to waste. Well, you should really corn the silver side. You should. There's, what there's does that mean to corn beef? Basically to brine it for ages in salty liquid. I, I really get excited about that kind of frugal style of cooking where you mm. take a really cheap cut of something and you turn it into something really beautiful. Um, and I think that was kind of the lockdown moment for everyone, wasn't it? Because a lot of that takes time. You can make a delicious meal out of anything, but it just takes more time with ingredients that aren't ready to eat. So one of my favourite things I've eaten recently was a sausage roll from the Parnell Farmer's Market. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda, the amazing butcher there who I've... Um, oh, the lady butcher. No, she provides the lady butcher with some pork. Okay. But she's a farm up north and has the most incredible... It's so free range that the pigs are just like on the loose. Lying down on sun loungers, drinking beersies. But basically, and mm. her her pork sausages um, just won a gold medal. Um, at where I'm going to find out in a in a moment. <laughs> but she's just started working with the patissière. Is that the right? Yeah, yeah. Um, who who's, holds the market store next to her mm-hmm. to turn her sausages into sausage rolls to sell oh, at nice. the farmer's market is something you can eat immediately because yeah, you know it's, it is so delicious i love sausage rolls in all their um shapes and forms sort of lukewarm and soggy from a petrol station or 
cooked on a barbecue at a at a farmer's market. I um, actually really don't like the lukewarm and soggy option. I, I thought that I would like that, but mm. I'd it, rather eat a cold pie than a cold sausage roll, I think. I Do you know at cooking school they taught us to make sausage rolls like it was this wildly exotic thing? <laughs> <laughs> I kept on looking at everyone in the room being like, is this really happening? Like yeah. we're literally just rolling mints and pastry over here, <laughs> which is something that New Zealanders have done forever. Yeah. And it was because I was in the middle of a room full of European people yeah, that... Yeah. Don't eat sausage rolls. Um, Justin Giovanetti, our Canadian political editor, had his first sausage roll recently. Oh. I think he's, um, well, it was the budget the other day. I don't know if this was his first, but his first was recent. And it, But at the budget, the lockup, uh, all the journalists got this lovely looking spread of like sausage rolls and lamingtons. I was very jealous. Do you like a vegetarian sausage roll? Yeah, if there's there are some good ones. Mm. Um, I haven't found the perfect ones. So if anyone has any hot tips on vegetarian sausage rolls. Okay. Hit me up. So the butcher's name is Farmgate Produce. You can find her on Instagram. Oh, and yeah. she won a gold medal at the New Zealand Food Producer Awards for her pure pork sausages, which is what she uses to make her sausage rolls. Legend. What's next from you, Alice? Oh, yummy things I've been eating. Well, this one goes back a few months. And I don't believe I've talked about it on this podcast before, but I did put it in our Rec Room newsletter, which you all should subscribe to. The Satya hummus drops. Oh yeah, that you buy. Have we talked about this? I don't think we I have. haven't. I've, I keep seeing them at um, oh like random dairies. It's even. a weird name because they're not. They're like basically like booja mix, but way better. Yeah, they're like made out of chickpea flour and they're super like. I've got a Indian jar of spices. them at home. Fuck, they're good. I could eat that whole jar. Yeah, and I keep seeing, I keep seeing the empty jar that I've now filled with something boring like flour, and I keep thinking like. I've got them and I'm going to eat and then I don't and it just breaks my heart. So I need to go get some more. So what are they? They're like little fried, deep fried, no, uh, little like made out of chickpea flour and spices, like tiny little balls. Oh, they're not actual chickpeas. Oh, so they've been like dropped into hot oil. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're really delicious. I think they have a Indian name, Hindi I presume, which I will find for you. But fuck, they are nice. I cannot. Would you like throw them on a salad or something as well? Definitely yeah, could. Curd? Yep, yep. I would, would generally really just get a spoon and just, just like so. fucking. They're quite they're crunchy because like... I thought about whether yeah. we could put them in something at Fatima's, but it would almost feel like an unwelcome surprise. Like someone thinks they're eating rice bubbles. Olive stone pit. Um, well, Alice does research. You're up. Next from me is, well, I think. This question about the best things you've eaten reinforces that food is such a mood because all of the best things that I've eaten kind of have a story and a circumstance about why I really enjoyed them. But one of them was, did you know that there's a pizza truck on the bottom of Motutapu Island? Uh, yes, Motutapu Island. My dad and brother-in-law and nephews discovered that. It's crazy. I thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Motutapu Island is the one connected to I thought Lagosoto. it was taps on I thought it was Rakino, is it not? Is it Motutapu? Oh, no, 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 you're right. Yeah, it's Rakino. Okay. It is so far away. There is basically no way of getting there by car, but the Kiwi, I think it was Easter weekend, we had some friends who have recently returned from overseas, and he talked his dad into taking the five of us out on their gorgeous little wooden boat, and we had two babies. It was, like, quite hectic, yeah. but... By the time we got out to Rakino, we walked up to the up the beach, and there's a family running um, a big pizza oven, basically a pizzeria from the bottom of their garden, yeah. from like a garden shed. And the little girls are taking the orders, and the dad's cooking, and the food was absolutely yeah. delicious, like a proper wood fired pizza. Stumpy's 
pizza truck is what it's called. Is it? Yeah. On Rakino. On Rakino. Are you sure? I thought it was called something else. I so just, did I. Woodside Bay yeah, Woodside is where it Bay is. Or something. We're, we're having a blowout here. First it was on Watatapu and <laughs> I've mis- mislabeled it. But for those who don't know the Hauraki Gulf Islands, Rakino is like, it's not like Waiheke. Like it's, it's a few people have batches there, but there's no... Um, I think everyone's on. It's like off the grid and stuff, right? Like, yeah, it's not, it literally. It took us an hour there. to get there on this little boat. It was <laughs> like the weirdest thing to bump into. You're both right. Stumpies is worth a visit, but it's Woody Bay Pizzeria yeah. on Rakino Island. Some great SEO that Stumpies has. Like, you Google Rakino Pizza Truck, and it comes up with Stumpies and Dominion. Yeah. Right. He's that like, guy with know. one leg, isn't he? Oh, I just I don't know. Simon, you're up. Uh, the Cumin Lamb Burger from Xi'an Noodles on Anzac oh, Ave. Nice. Um, okay. We used to go there all the time when the office was located downtown. But I had a Mother's Day staycation with, with Millie, with my wife, of course, as, as the mother. Um, <laughs> with your mother. And we had a, like a semi-big night the night before, and we were trying to work out what to have for lunch the next day. And we are a little bit hungover, so I thought greasy noodle spot. And it's so good. It's um, how far ha- up Anzac Air? Because I always go to the Shannon Dominion Road. Same, same family. Yeah, yeah, I realised that. But how far up? I'm just thinking. Be- right at the bottom. Next Anzac to, would be way closer. Next King Yekaturi. to the um, and next to the ramen spot. Sure. The oh, thing sorry. that I had that I love so much from there is that they put this little. It's like a Chinese. Um, Muffin. I was going to say Chinese English muffin, um, <laughs> and they put it in the toaster, but it's much softer and but then goes crispy on the outside, and they stuff it full of spicy lamb, and you sort of have that while you wait for your noodles to get made, and it's so good. I think somebody wrote an ode to that food item, maybe in stone soup. That sounds delicious. I will try to find it. I actually verbally abused Albert Cho recently for recommending those the cumin lamb noodles over and over again because I specifically drove there with a baby on a Sunday, a little bit hungover, ordered mm-hmm. them, and they just tasted like uncooked spiced to me. Mm-hmm. Like, so I had them that same day. I loved them. Like yeah. I loved them. Yeah, so maybe I just got a bad day, but I was like, are you sure that the – Cumin's not supposed to be uncooked, because if it is, then maybe I don't really like it, but maybe I just got a bad day. Alice, you're up. Oh, I love this um, new format we're doing. Just fucking Quick fire I'm so hungry, though. <laughs> Let's go for Quingamon, the Breton delicious, like, what even the fuck is it? It's like a sourdough pastry cake thingy. Yeah. And I had it, I did a sourdough workshop at Bread and Butter. Who's and your coach? It was, I'm like, fuck, I really should have remembered this lady's name. Is her name Isabel? Yeah, I think She's so. She's the founder of She's Bread and German. Butter. German, yeah. And she made, like, halfway through the class. She's very passionate. Yeah, she's She was also a recent guest on Business is Boring. Yeah. And she made this quingamon that we ate, half, and it's like layers of sourdough, like, rolled real thin with just, like, massive layers of butter in between, and she put apple in, and it was just, like, the fucking like nut- a sweet and we had it with ice cream. It was so good. Oh, my God. Yum. I just found a picture of it. So, uh, yeah, so hungry. Yeah. Soph? Um, I made something out of my Christmas cookbook from my sister, which is called Always Use Lemon, I mm-hmm. believe. Or it's Always Add Lemon. Um, and Always add sesame seeds. <laughs> and it's um, a vitello tomato, which is obviously a play on the veal version of this dish, but you basically whip some canned tuna through mayonnaise um, and you lay it on the bottom of a dish and then you cut 
this was in the middle of summer, and you cut summer tomatoes and basically just olive oil and basil on the top, salt and pepper, and it's like intensely savoury from the tuna mayonnaise underneath, and it was one of those real like, wow, unexpected but really delicious moments. Summer, because I like, I'll have to trust you on that because I can't. Is it grossing you out? No, it doesn't gross me out, but I can't see. I can't imagine the deliciousness based on the like. It's almost like an umami overload. Like it tastes a bit like marmite and tomato together, but it is quite a weird concept. The whole vitello tomato. Yeah, yeah, but very delicious. Yeah. So, what Take is the explain the veal origins? It's a tuna mayonnaise with sliced veal. Is the dish wow? At at Prego, they do it with a seared tuna sliced as well. So you're literally surf and turf, like slice for slice. That that's just traditional that, Italian thing. I'm I'm excited now. Mm. Crispy capers. Mm. Who? How do you make your capers crispy? Just fry them. Yeah. So I finally got my hands on a spaghetti al chitarra, um, oh. a spaghetti guitar. So that you can make handmade spaghetti, I bought it off my um my my, my love my, uh, my <laughs> your Stefania. food beloved. Uh, Hold on. We did a spaghetti a, um, guitar. So spaghetti alla chitara is the guitar it's, string spaghetti. Yeah. So, so you need a tool to make it. Like a little loot. Yeah. So you roll your um sheets of pasta only to level three rather than yeah. out to level six, so that it stays but thick, and then you rolling pin it across the strings of your chitara. Oh, that and sounds cool. It, and it's just so different. I like it that because so you get bouncy the bite and in firm the middle. And, and even though it's like you do need to bite down in it a little bit, it's it's still much softer than uncooked yeah. um, dried spaghetti. And I finally cracked cacio e pepe because oh, I've yeah. previously nice. found it, well, delicious, had spots where it would glug and it would mm-hmm. go. And I and it was actually using Sophie's tip of adding cheese as you go and adding some spaghetti and some water and some more cheese and some more spaghetti and some more mm-hmm. water rather than... Um, you have to emulsify it really carefully, don't you? A lot of people, and this is even Stefania's approach, is to make uh, a cheese sauce with mm. with the water and spaghetti and then pour that over the Much algon. harder. And it can clump and... Bits get more cheese sauce than they deserve. But we it? learned a lesson at your house when we made um, cacio e pepe that you can't have the pasta water too salty. Right. Or put it on too far in advance because we had the water on for ages and we were mucking around with kids and yarning. And mm. then by the time we cooked the pasta, obviously the water has evaporated from the pot and so it's twice as salty as it once was. Mm. And if you're going to need that water to then make your sauce you then got a pretty salty sauce. We yeah. both liked it because we both really like salt, but it was yeah. it was too close to the edge for a couple of It was more, more Dead Sea than Mediterranean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could float nicely in that pot. <laughs> yeah. She's rapidly scrolling to try and find the All answer right. to well, her previous question. I've got 10 more to go. Isabel Pash was the uh, bread and butter. Well done. Founder. Director, founder. Sourdough coach. Yeah, sourdough coach. So my next dish actually has been inspired by you talking about that slightly firm Spaghetti. It is the chun sache noodle salad, or maybe chun sache, at Oki, the Korean place on Ponsumi Road. It's a side dish, and it's seaweed noodles. And they have this amazing firm texture that I can't quite explain it, but there's something about that texture of them that is super yum. And they're served just in like a garlic mustard sauce, which sounds kind of weird, but 
Really? I'm really delicious. Sounds a bit Korean style dandan noodle. Yeah. Because they're really weird because they're quite slimy and squishy noodles, but then there's like a central bite bite to it. Yeah. Can we get Shay on the podcast? Love to. I was talking to Shay the other day about Chop Chop Ramen and how it's my favourite. Who's Shay? He's Shay Barrington. He's the chef of Blueberries. Yeah. um, And Chop Chop. Yeah. And... He was just saying it's you got to get the alkaline right and the noodle. And I'm like, but how? <laughs> and I was like, I'm not asking you for your recipe, but how? And he said, you just play around with it heaps so that you get a noodle that cooks perfectly but doesn't continue to soften. It's an art for sure. Yeah. I'm um, speaking of Simon's favourite joint, pasta gorde. We went mm. there, Simon and his wife and my husband and I have basically been trying to catch up for about two years <laughs> since we all had children, so we went for lunch. And I... It was your first trip there, right? Yeah. Which seems like incredibly off-brand. Yeah, and yeah. I love pasta more it's than crazy. anything. And I absolutely bloody loved... I mean, my, one of my favourite things to eat in the whole world is ricotta and spinach ravioli mm. with sage and butter on it. Yeah, so I've that, that was so that good. was quite mind-blowing. The other thing I thought... Um, that was potentially the best thing we ate, was a bruschetta, which mm. they did. They just had a, a sourdough bread that they'd rubbed raw garlic on and then put delicious tomatoes that were basically swimming in olive oil on top of it and like a tiny bit of basil. But, you know, when the ingredients are great, yeah. I just thought, isn't that the most delicious, most simple thing? And it was all cut up, like mm. tiny little cubes of tomato. Yeah. And I just thought, wouldn't that be a nice thing to serve... If you had people for dinner or people for snacks in the afternoon, mm. if you made a big want, bowl of it. makes me want summer back. Yeah. Mm. Like this weather Tomatoes. is luggage thinking about that food now. I know. It's a bit uninspiring, the current vegetables. I was, sta- I was standing in the supermarket yesterday looking at, like, some leeks. Yeah. You know, make, <laughs> a lot make, of leeks. Make so. some soup. You're like, oh, yeah. g'day. <laughs> I thought you'd show up yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> My mum had some sort of brain explosion the other day and bought asparagus at New World. Where was it from? America. She claimed, I was like, what the fuck are you buying asparagus Mm. in May? She was like, it's New Zealand asparagus. They must grow it in a glass house. (laughs) And I was like, looked at it, like, no, see, it's from America. She was like, well, I didn't didn't realise. And I was like, why would you think that? I would love if supermarkets did a better job at... um, Explaining. We're just celebrating, like, here's all the New Zealand food. Yeah, yeah. And if you're um, willing to buy asparagus from America, you still can. But, like, yeah. here is the... Nah, like, just don't. You can't Okay, you it. know, that's, that's, that's actually my yeah, opinion. just mm. eat something else. Just Substitute it. Yeah. That's what I reckon. I went to Faro the other day and was trying to find bok choy. And I asked if they had any. And they just looked at me and went, no. That's weird. I was like... Do you normally have it? Like, I'm happy to go to Fruit World. Yeah, but go next door to Fruit World. Yeah, and he was like, uh, yeah, the weather's been really bad. And then a couple of other people have said that they don't stock it. So, you know. It's real weird. How do you cook bok choy? Because sometimes I find if it's whole in soups or something, eating it, you can sort of like be swallowing it and it's yeah, like yeah. there's like half in your throat, <laughs> half still out. It's like, whoa. Yeah, I just thinly slice so it So that's what I've started doing is, yeah. is slicing it up. Yeah. I, I got, just I just put it, you want to put some liquid in the pan with it to steam it steam rather than boil it. But yeah. some just a bit of water in the lid on for a couple of minutes. Would you leave it whole? Like take yeah. off the base? Yeah, take off the base, wash it and then. I know what you mean though about, yeah, yeah so you like kind of start eating it. You're like, oh. I just pick it up with a chopstick and bite it. Yeah. I think that's legit in Chinese culture. I got some bok choy from the Greyland Farmer's Market the other week and I got it home and it was like 
basically just a farm for slugs. Like yeah. there were so many fucking slugs. Quite in cozy there. in there for them. Mm. It was, and they just kept more, just kept coming out. It was not a good time. Okay, that's fine. real life, right? It's um, real life. So I discovered when we were in Wellington for the Garden Party Festival. Uh, which you should all attend next year. Beth Brash did a really wonderful uh, session with Annabelle Langbein where I realised how uh, incredibly cool Annabelle is. Like truly, truly cool. And I'm sure I've talked about that before. But at 342 Tinakori Road, is that the correct pronunciation? Yep. Is hidden down an alleyway is this incredible cafe, bakery, patisserie uh, called Goods run by this woman from New York, and it has a real sort of fancy East Coast, you know, Brooklyn vibe to it. Cool. And I'm deeply passionate about the Daily Bread cheese twist. You know, this it's it basically feels like um, offcuts from the croissant that's been spun together with some cheese and heaps of seeds. The chili cheese twist from Goods is like... 250% better. Harder to make than you think, the old ye old cheese twist. It is an off-cut, but you, there's a lot of, a lot of filling and rolling and turning and filling and rolling and turning that happens. But this tasted like it had, had a whole mm. lot of love and effort put into Yum. it. It was, it was super cheesy. It was really spicy, uh, really salty, and I actually ended up, so I went to Goods to meet friends for coffee to then go up to the Botanic Gardens and just standing at the cabinet, I got really overwhelmed and ended up awesome. walking away with a um, big white box full of more than $100 worth of pastries. <laughs> uh, great experience. Go to Goods. Yeah, I thought I knew everything about everything, but particularly Wellington, and I'd never heard <laughs> it's of Goods. It's a big call. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big call. But you um, are a typical parochial yeah, well, Wellingtonian. My problem is I haven't actually lived in Wellington for like fifteen years. I know. So I've missed. I've missed the odd thing. Next yeah. thing you know, you'll you'll be going to Fig and Fern for a beer and bump into Jacinda Ardern, Clark Gayford, and and Neve. That what Sprig and Fern you mean? Sprig and Fern. Yeah, yeah. Sprig and Fern. Classic It's just yeah. round the corner from there, Alice. Oh yep. What's your next one, Alice? Sticking with the Korean theme. I went to the test kitchen at Gochu the other week. Ah, yeah, I which saw they they're do that. doing on oh, fuck what night was it? Tuesday, maybe Tuesday nights. It's like sixty dollars, and they test out some. Is it sixty dollars? I can't remember. I'll check. They test out some new dishes, and what stood out for me was the dessert, which is I don't. I think it's traditionally a Korean thing. It was called a white chocolate custard cake with vanilla and maple, and it was kind of like a donut filled with this, this like incredible yum. white chocolate custard. So yum. I just found a picture of it, which I can't show listeners. But Oh, that does look yum. It kind of looks yum. like a, yeah, like a stuffed American donut. It was almost, yeah, it was, I don't know what the hell Jason Kim, the chef, did, but he's very clever. He used to get sit at it. it was yeah, he's very clever, isn't so he? So yum. Um, I've got another one, which is, I don't know how many of our listeners are in Auckland, but there's a business that we're doing a bit of work with at the moment called the Angus Steakhouse and they've, they've been in Auckland in what's now Imperial Lane or yeah. Commerce Street is the other side of it for 45 years Pretty and old school. it's wow. basically not changed, it was like one of Auckland's original steakhouses and 
the same. They've had the most phenomenal of any place I've ever worked with staff retention. Like everyone that works there has worked there for more than 20 years. Yeah. And they're all like related to each other. And it's really fascinating. But Camille, um, who's on my delicious business team, and I went down there for lunch the other day. And the steaks are substantial. <laughs> like we're talking 500 grams sirloin for one person. Wow. Whoa. And so they have like a, a fixed price menu. It's like $43. And so we went and shared one of those at lunchtime and then tried one of their lunch items. And it's this huge steak. And they put garlic powder and salt on it and they cook it on the barbecue in the middle of the restaurant. You can walk past and, like, choose your steak off a oh, – there's, like, a peninsula fridge thing full yeah. of all the different cuts of steak. And um, it just felt like going back in time. But also it's had some quite modern things added to it, like Camille from my team put a – bottomless green salad in their last year. It's and a good idea. So really like D- Dijon vinaigrette green mm, salad yeah. and you have that with the steak and, you know, I'm, I'm so in favour of eating quality meat every now and then and it was like as I was eating it I felt like my body was going, yes, you had a bit of a hankering for a red for yeah. some red meat. Oof, I want to go and have a steak for lunch now. I'm so hungry now. So my last piece that I wanted to recommend was the seeded sourdough from Side On in Dunedin. Um, I actually went back to Dunner's uh, for O Week. <laughs> uh, of course you did. I, I managed to wrangle a work trip to Dunedin to put it during O Week. Oh, my God. Um, and it was, like, if I'm going to be honest, it was a little bit disappointing. We went out and tried to find where the party was at, like walked up and down the length of Castle Street. What? They're not in the flats? And, like, just it wasn't popping off. Was no. Union popping off? Were there people in togas everywhere? That, so that that wasn't toga party night, but all through the city, uh, dry cleaning joints were selling $1 sheets for, <laughs> the, to, for the toga party. However, we, we ended up having a few drinks and got back to our hotel and cut up the sourdough. Uh, and had it just with butter, and it was it was delicious. Side on is a very very good bakery, just off the Octagon. Highly recommended if you're in um, if you're in Dunedin anytime soon. Yeah. Last chance, Alice. You got anything left? Uh yep. Let's go. Proper crisps, dill pickle flavor. Oh, Which I haven't I tried that. Really really this I'm year, such right? a big chip fuck fan. Fuck, they, well. they are so yum. I can't. That even sounds explain. like my vibe. Can't even explain. I really like their hops. Uh, chip as well. Yes, with the Garage Project, that's good. Tastes like you're having a, a lovely beer. Yeah, in a chip form. Yeah, so that's very good. Love that. Um, do you want to run through your list or do you want to choose a final thing to hero, Sophie? Oh, that's a lot of pressure because I actually, it's like making me choose between my children. One thing we made <laughs> only got one when child, my sister and I were a bit boozed, we had people for lunch and then it was like one of those lovely days that kind of turns into, why don't you stay for dinner too? And all the children had just gone to bed, and she has been telling me about this Anna Jones pasta mm. that you cook all in one pot. So you basically boil the tomatoes, and then you put the spinach in, and then you cook the pasta in that. Is it in her new cookbook? I think it's her old one, but yeah, I can I send you both. a link. I got both. I thought that it sounded like it would get quite gluggy yeah. because of all the starch and the water. Um, anyway, she made it for me, and I don't know whether it's because I was drunk or not, but it was very, very delicious. Yeah. I'm also going to say that um, I did a three-month gluten fast over um, November, December, and January, which is a pretty inconvenient time yeah. to be doing that. Um, <laughs> and I broke my fast. Um, my friend Rachel came up from... 
Wellington and we met at uh, St. Alice down in the viaduct and I had his oyster McMuffin um, and it was just, you know, it might have been the mood because I hadn't had gluten for a long time, but I savoured every single Were they mouthful. deep fried or were they? Yeah, so they're deep fried oysters inside a little mini McMuffin. Oh, that sounds with, good. With some sort of burgery tartary sauce goodness. It Damn. Was, and a mushroom pizza. It was very, very good. Two more things. Orange chocolate chip ice cream. I honestly believe it's better, the tip top oh. one, than any of the fancy ones on the market. I, I didn't had know orange that chip ice cream for so long, and I didn't realize it had been taken up by fancy uh, places. No, can you it get hasn't. Like a I'm talking about the tip top one. You know, but can you get a cuppity orange tip top? Can no, you get I think it's better no, than all of the other. Oh, ones, really? Yeah. Better than any other ice cream. And oh, did you know that the, the chocolate dairy, chips are the Jaffa chocolate? Yeah, so oh, the right. actual chocolate. I remember the taste well, clearly, that, but it's been a long time. I love that tip top attention to detail. Okay, there's a joint on K Road called Candela that's kind of a cross between I a bar and a restaurant. I haven't been yet, but I've heard very good things. They've made a cheesecake that there's got no base on it, no biscuit. You just kind of, it's been poured into baking paper. Yeah. And then they're like, it's got a spoonful of really tart jam on the top. So they bring it to your table and you just like pull back the paper. Ooh, yes. Absolutely wild. And the last tip is for your Secret Santa next year, why not do something... This year? This year. Why not do something foodie? So... My husband managed to get his hands on some sustainably caught white page at Christmas time, and it was frozen. And we did the pass the parcel. You know where you can like everyone just buys one gift and you can yes. steal it back from someone else. I like that game. We went through that process, ended up with some frozen white bait, and in about February, one night got it out of the freezer and just had that for dinner as our main course, and we just thought we were so fancy. <laughs> like, made preserved lemon mayo and some nice, like, watercress, and it was such a great experience that it meant that the Secret Santa got to live on. That and we were thinking and talking about the people that had given it to us. I love how David brought the white bait to the Christmas game and yeah. then went home with it as yeah. well. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's good behaviour. I was thrilled. Well... I'm so hungry now. So hungry. Um, I think mm. I'm going to have to go down to Dominion Road for some noodles or something. Um, Yum. But check out Miss Polly's Kitchen's recipe on thespinoff.co.nz. It's a beautiful smoked chorizo and burnt Brussels sprouts. I, I learned that Brussels sprouts comes with an S at the end of Brussels. Brussels Because yes, it's like they're from Brussels. Yeah. Why is it in no the capital B then? But it's... Sprout, yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, Apparently the podcast worked quite well with me in the car last month. I've had some great feedback. It was very funny. I've, I loved Odette's little contribution. Yeah. I haven't listened, yeah. but glad it worked. Get yeah. yourself some Freedom Farm smoked chorizo. It's delicious. Come and see us at August, on August 15 in Lyle Bay as part of Wellington on a Plate at the Parrot Dog Brew Bar. And please go and eat at all the places we've mentioned because they deserve... Uh, your support. They do. Absolutely. And we'll yum, su- yum, yum. We will talk to you in two weeks. Kakite. Kia everyone. Thanks. Shout out to Tina. Thanks. Oh, sorry, Tina. Oh, shout out to Tina. Out Has Tina. beats on the beats. <laughs> Jane Yee is our boss. Yeah, yeah. Sign up to spin off members. All the people. <laughs> do yeah. all the things. Do all the things. <laughs> That's fun. I like just talking. We should just do that every time.
Kia ora e te iwi, te aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.